0: Hello! Welcome to Jewels Says. I'm Jules Julie. If you have anything you want to share or say to me or any thoughts, questions, email me at jewelssays at gmail.com, J-E-W-E-L-S says at gmail.com. I hope you have had or are having a very happy holiday and I'm looking forward to 2022. A new year can feel like a new beginning. I remember Catherine telling me that her grade one teacher, Madame Robard, I think it was her grade one teacher, I could be wrong. As I've said before, my memory tends to be somewhat vague and unreliable on certain things. For example, Carrie reminded me that the Christmas fridge was her idea, and as soon as she said it, I knew she was right. I have no idea why my brain didn't come up with that originally. Anyway, Catherine's teacher told her that a new year was like a new beginning. You got a brand new clean slate. If you had made mistakes, those were all gone. They were in the past. You got a fresh start. And I like that thought about a new year. I know a lot of people make resolutions. I never make resolutions because I am a bit of a commitment phobe. And there are just so many things that I need to or should do better, and so I don't. You know, I love Catherine's podcast so much. I could probably just do a podcast about my thoughts on Catherine's podcast. But anyway, I just listened to her holiday roundup with Violet. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it, although I'm sure you have. If you're listening to me, obviously you've spent time listening to Catherine One of the things she mentioned was that she won't do advertising or partnerships unless she uses and likes the brand. I've always known that she wouldn't. I don't know if that's common knowledge. And I think if you are well-known, a celeb, as Catherine is, you really should operate that way. Because if you're well-known, people want to be able to trust you. There is a difference between that and just an actor or a voice actor. I mean, I am not well known, and I audition for products all the time. Things I don't use, things I have no idea whether I'm going to like or not. I mean, if something is blatantly something that I know up front, I could not get behind. I was asked once to do some small, low-budget online thing for a very right-wing publication, and I just said no. But in general, I audition for stuff all the time. And I've always been aware of the high level of brand loyalty that both Catherine and Violet feel toward Four Seasons Hotels. She makes no secret of it. They don't pay her. I think they should. But I recently submitted a voice audition for a Four Seasons thing. I'm not sure if it was a corporate video or a commercial. I don't remember because I do submit a lot. And I kind of felt like... It should be kismet for me to get that because of Catherine and Violet's brand loyalty. But I did not. So, I don't know, Four Seasons, you got a good brand. But if you can't afford Catherine, maybe you should get Catherine's mother. Just a thought. Oh, one of the things Catherine talked about in her podcast was a lifeguard who saved a woman's life. I used to be a lifeguard way back in the 70s. And I never saved anyone's life, but I did save a preteen boy's front tooth. I was lifeguarding at open swim. He jumped feet first backwards into the pool off the diving board and hit his top front teeth on the edge of the board on his way down. Blood sprayed all over and when he got out, he had no front teeth. So he was rushed to the hospital while the other lifeguard and I did a search pattern at the bottom of the pool to find the teeth, which we successfully found, and we wrapped them in wet cloth and got them delivered on time so they could be reimplanted. The roots weren't broken or anything, so I think if you keep them damp, you can re-implant them and the bone will all regrow back together. I don't know what the time limitation is, but anyway, it worked. So... I saved a young boy's permanent front tooth. One of them. The other guy, I think, found the other one. By the way, if you heard my last podcast episode, A Tradition Less Christmas, you may recall that I mentioned my threat to make a Christmas album for my daughters, and lo and behold, I heard from someone who is willing to help me make this happen. Her name is Hannah Woolmer. She is a highly regarded concert violinist, composer, podcaster. Her podcast is called The Rosin Diaries. Very violin-y. She has a series of home entertainment concerts on Stage It. And I've been following her and following her music. It's beautiful. She's beautiful I'm in awe of highly accomplished musicians, dancers, gymnasts, athletes. I've always been the kind of person who dabbles in things, but I was never particularly talented at or passionate enough about anything to put in the work to be really good at it. The reason I got so good at my job was because I was I spent the hours. I went to work every day for years and years and years and worked hard at it because if I have to be there anyway, I'm going to work hard and do a good job. And oh, lo and behold, surprise, surprise, I got really, really, really good at that job, even though I'm not particularly technically gifted. I regret that now because it would have been nice anyway. Hannah and her business partner have offered to help me produce, edit, master a Christmas album, which is unbelievably generous because their work is beautiful. And anything I could do is kind of, I don't know, I I feel like it's, it's well beneath their level of ability, expertise, and it's just so very kind of her to offer. Check Hannah out. I guess I've run out of excuses. I just need to write my lyrics and work on how I'm going to make this happen. We'll see. I got a Fitbit for Christmas, (laughs) believe it or not. If you heard my episode called The Weight Demon from December 8th, I expressed my thoughts on the Fitbit so Abe and I decided to open our gifts on Christmas Eve to each other, and I opened mine from Abe, and it's a Fitbit box. And I looked at it, and I said to him, is this a joke? Is, is this a Fitbit box, and there's something else inside? I mean, you know, I send Violet headshots. One year, I sent Violet headshots in a MacBook Air box, which isn't as cruel as it sounds because she already had one but she probably initially thought she was getting another and then opened it only to find headshot of her grandmother framed. So now I've said all along, I've been looking at smartwatches for a few years because I really like some of the features of a smartwatch. And I know that Fitbit does include a lot of those features. So that's why Abe went ahead and got it because it's sleek and small and it does include the features that I want in a smartwatch. But the branding just calling it a fitbit, uh, I mean, if you 're into that, I guess it sounds cute, but for me, so anyway, I opened the Fitbit, and it turns out that the box was not a joke. it was an actual Fitbit in the box, a Fitbit lux, and because i 'm kind of irrational when it comes to measuring and quantifying fitness or any accomplishment, I suppose, for that matter, I immediately. I regressed to when I was about 14 years old and as a teen, stupidly, I would see how little I could do at school and still get decent grades. I didn't join anything. I didn't really work at anything. It was almost like, I I can't even explain why I was like that. I'm sure other teens are like that too. I think people go through a phase where they're just sad but boy do I ever regret that now. Opening this Fitbit even though it has features I want, emotionally, it it took me back to that irrational feeling of, no, I'm not going to do that. So weird. What is my problem? No wonder I never learned to play the piano or sing as well as I wish I could. And, you know, wishing doesn't cut it. Putting in the work is what you need to do. And Abe's like, I can take it back. I can take it back. And I thought, well, no, I've been looking at smartwatches for a few years. And they all have fitness functionality. I don't want the fitness functionality, but I thought, well, surely I can just disable some of this stuff. And it got me thinking, too, about I've tried running. I joined a running group. And one of the things that drove me crazy about it was, you know, you go out there and you run. And I'm, I'm a shitty runner. Like, I'm not good at it. I'm not fast. I don't like running too far. I don't enjoy it. I was doing it because I thought it would be good for me. But the people are so supportive about the running that it makes me feel resentful, which, again, is irrational. They'll say, oh, good job, and give you high fives. I have an aversion to high fives that I can actually trace back to being in a running group. Because to me, it feels patronizing. You run 10K like it's nothing. You run half marathons, marathons, and you're high fiving me for running 5K? It feels patronizing. It's like, good job, buddy. I know they're trying to be supportive and kind, but it feels patronizing to me. And I think I feel the same way about a gadget that's going to measure and encourage me to get fit. I love the term fun run. How do I define an oxymoron? Fun run. Running is not fun. I do not like it. It's a slog. It makes me sweaty and out of breath. I have friends who are runners. They talk about their personal best, the high they get, how much food they can get away with eating, how early they have to go home from a party so they can get up to train, how they puked and stumbled by the end of their marathons, how grotesque their feet look without toenails, their knee injuries, their plantar fasciitis, how to recover from injuries. I mean, it all sounds so gross. I think it's probably good for you to run a certain amount. But when you're getting to that level, I, I'm, I'm just looking at them like, I don't understand. I've never gotten high. I've also never run far enough to get any injuries. And I listen to their stories told with great pride of all their hard work and physical sacrifice. And I just think, Ugh. No one ever hurt themselves reading a good book. And they say, Julie, you have to stick with it. You'll feel the high after you hit the wall, after, you, after you're back to your resting heart rate. And I've tried, and it's never happened. I just get sweaty and out of breath, and I don't like bad weather, and I feel self-conscious running outside in public with my big butt bouncing around behind me. I just hate running. When I run outside, I just I feel like people are judging me as they drive by or whatever. And because I have all these feelings about running, there was a part of me that when I was going to that running group, I just wanted to run with a cigarette. It's like, don't look at me. Now, I did prefer being in a running group where we ran in downtown Toronto because you get lots of red lights if you're running out in the country or a small town. You hardly get any red lights. And I really like the excuse to have a little break. I stand at a red light and catch my breath. The other running friends keep jogging in place. And I'm like, dude, this is an opportunity for a break. I don't say this to them because they're all good job buddy high-fivers. So I just don't fit in with them. And that's okay. Everything is not for everyone. And if we all liked the same thing, we'd all be married to your father. I prefer to limit my running to playing what time is it, Mr. Wolf, with my grandchildren, or running beside their bike, or running from danger, or I will absolutely run to catch a bus. Absolutely. My irrational aversion to encouragement is not limited to physical activity. I used to be in a non-auditioned choir, and the reason I joined it was just because I really, really loved to sing. And this gave me the opportunity to schedule my singing, improve my ability to read music, which still isn't great. And I loved going to practice, learning the music, the harmonies. The choir directors were fantastic. They rotated through a group of five professional musicians. But then every once in a while, they would have these concerts, and you're expected to get friends to come And these highly accomplished choir directors would do a few numbers, and they're all fantastic. They would introduce us with comments like, we were actually able to teach these non-auditioned singers to learn this music. And in my mind, it felt like they were saying, these singers are craptacular, but we taught them this music anyway. Aren't they amazing? Oh, clap, 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 clap. If anyone knows of a psychiatric diagnosis for this problem I have, would you please email me at jules says at gmail.com and let me know. I feel like at this stage in my life, it's too late to fix it, but it might be helpful for me to at least know what it is because it's self-destructive and it, I realize it's stupid, but I'm very aware of my instinctive feelings about these situations Maybe some of you feel that way too. But anyway, the Fitbit. It's lovely. It's small. It's not clunky. It does have the things I do want. It doesn't look manly. I want message notifications because my phone is usually in my purse or another room. I like the sleep feature. It tells you what kind of a sleep you got, how much REM, how much deep sleep, etc. I like the heart rate function. I don't have an irrational fear of knowing my heart rate. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just disable the things I don't want. So you have to create an account and you have to enter basic things such as your height and your weight, which I don't know how much I actually weigh and there's no way I'm going to find out. And I tried to enter zero and it's like, no, you have to enter a legitimate weight. Then I thought, well, I'll just put 10 pounds. No. Nope. It knows that a five foot one woman cannot possibly weigh 10 pounds. It wasn't going to let me get away with that kind of a lie. So I did have an emotional reaction to being forced to enter my weight. That is something that's triggering for me. But since it would not let me enter zero or 10, I just had to enter a guest weight because I'm not going to weigh myself ever. A friend of mine recently said, Do you actually think you weigh X pounds? Look at you and look at me. I weigh Y pounds. Why don't you just weigh yourself and adjust your thinking? Thank you so much for that advice. I wish I had thought of that myself 50 years ago. So the next thing I went to do was disable the step thing. But you can't disable number of steps. That little fucking running shoe icon is there with a number. And it comes with default activity settings, steps, distance, calories, blah, 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 none of which I want to think about or see. So I changed them all to one. Zero wasn't allowed. You weren't allowed to just disable them. And I know I'm going to take at least one step a day. Then I set all the auto-recognized exercises to ignore, which I think I'm going to go back and activate some of them. The auto-recognized exercises were walk, run, outdoor bike, elliptical, sport, whatever that is, aerobic workout, swimming. I noticed there wasn't a dance option, but maybe that gets covered by sport or aerobic. I did have a dance class today. I'm going to activate it before my next dance class and see if it picks up on any of those. And I suppose tap dancing would be covered by steps. You know, I used to keep a pair of tap shoes and a bikini in the trunk of my car in case I needed them. More than once I showed up at a party with a pool or a hot tub and I didn't have a bathing suit with me. And so I learned my lesson and just decided, well, I'll put that in my emergency bag of my trunk along with my booster cables and my emergency blanket and bungee cords, etc. And the tap shoes, ugh. Why would I need tap shoes in an emergency, you might ask. I'm not a good tap dancer, but I really love to tap dance. And I have been in a situation where just hanging out with the gals and we get talking about something and it's like, oh, I wish I had my tap shoes. But anyway, I don't have those things in my car anymore. And because I live in the city, I don't even drive everywhere anymore. But... The nutrition and weight can thankfully be ignored on the Fitbit because I think weight is obviously my biggest triggering issue. On those two, you have to enter data to get anything. So those were really easy to ignore. Oh, the other thing it has is your oxygen levels while you're sleeping, which I like that too. My mother had severe emphysema and so I know a little bit about what she felt like when her oxygen levels dropped and I'm okay with knowing that. Not triggering. And I'm not going to do anything with that information, but it's something that I'm happy to see. Now the reminders. It can give you reminders, which again, feel, that feels patronizing to me. So I turned all the reminders off. And step goal milestones. Badges. There are all these things. I don't want badges. I, that to me feels like a high five. There's a cheers and taunts setting. So your friends can say, good job, buddy. Or shame on you. You missed your goal. And then a challenge thing where a friend can invite you to a challenge. Oh my God, no actual friend of mine would challenge me to any of this and vice versa. I just feel like these goals, I don't know, I I guess it helps some people. I'm just not one of them. Exercise goal milestones. I have no exercise goals. I just want to move enough to live to be old and healthy and get my 21-year-old body back which isn't going to happen no matter what I do anyway. So old and healthy is going to have to do. And if it's fun, like dancing on a table or swimming underwater, then it's not really a goal. I can get behind those things. You can also get messages from your programs to help you stay on track. I don't even know what the fuck that is. You can activate some social feed. I guess from friends and groups you follow. I already mute people's food feeds. I don't care what you're eating, and I don't expect anyone to care what I'm eating. As I'm working through trying to disable all these settings I don't want, I started getting congratulated on meeting my goals. The thing would sink, see that I had exceeded my goal of one step, and good job buddy me. So I changed my daily steps goal to 100,000. Ha! I will never meet that number, and I will never get a good job buddy from that number. And try as I might, I could not find a way to disable the steps icon. No can do. That Fitbit, after all, did not start out as a smartwatch. It's all in the name. I hate that name. Fitbit. That was my first day with it. I fiddled around with it and got it to ignore as much as I thought I could. But that night as I was lying there, thinking about it, trying to understand why these innocuous, helpful things were triggering to me. I just thought, you're such an idiot. The only thing you've ever gotten good at was your IT job, and that's because you went there and got paid for it. How about you stop being an idiot and look at your steps and don't resent your steps? I mean, really, are you going to see how few steps you can do in a day? That would be very counterproductive. As I was thinking this, I thought, you know, maybe it wouldn't be such a terrible thing to go back to the gym when lockdowns are over. I didn't mind running on the treadmill too terribly. It's nice and steady and climate controlled, and I can watch TV while I run on the treadmill. And I know a lot of people say, oh, it's not as good for you as running outside. That may be true but i have a lot of issues with running outside so it's still better than sitting on my butt and there's a body pump class at my gym which uses free weights with music and i don't hate that class so it kind of did get me thinking yeah maybe i could go back to the gym i haven't given up my membership it's kind of like i had a friend who Carried a prescription for a diaphragm in her purse. And when we'd go out at night, she'd whip it out and wave it around and go, I'm safe. I have this prescription for a diaphragm, which she never filled. That's like me and my gym membership. But I'm actually thinking maybe this step counter might make me look forward a bit to the gym. So Abe asked me again, do you want to take it back? I can take it back and I'm going to keep it and we'll see how it goes. Just having it for a couple of days has made me feel less triggered about it. So if anyone from Fitbit is listening, you know where to find me if you want me to advertise for you. I had to get a new phone three weeks before Christmas. I had a three-year-old phone. It's lasted quite well, but as you know, a lot of women's clothing doesn't have pockets, so I have to carry my phone around. We have stamped concrete floor in our basement, which is beautiful. There's in-floor heating, too. It's lovely. Looks like tile, but it is concrete. And about three weeks before Christmas, I was gathering up some things to go upstairs. And, of course, I don't have pockets, so I stuck my phone in my bra, dropped something, bent over to pick that up. The phone smashed on the concrete floor. So the screen was smashed. Abe tried taping it up with packing tape, but it was just untenable. I'd had it for almost three years, and I think the security updates were going to run out maybe in Q2 of 2022. So I thought, okay, well, I guess I can get a new one. So I got a Google Pixel 6. It's a bit large, and it's like a slippery little fish. And the store I got it out was out of screen protectors and case protectors. I went back to the store the following week, still out. The lady said she would call me, still hasn't called me. Now, I don't spend time going to stores. I go to a store if I need something and then I leave. I'm sure there are places I could go to find something like that. But in particular, leading up to Christmas, I don't want to go from store to store to store looking for something they might not have. I also don't want to phone them. They're busy. I also didn't want to order it online necessarily because I do want to support the local retailer and I really thought this lady was going to call me back. Anyway, this phone is so slippery that I had it well back on my night table and I got a message. It vibrated itself right off the night table. That's how slippery that stupid thing is. A couple of days before Christmas... I still did not have a screen protector. I was in the basement. I set the phone on my chair, went to use the washroom, came back, the phone isn't on the chair. It's on the floor and I'm like oh, shit. I go to pick it up off the floor and it slipped out of my hand and smashed on the floor, so now I have a smashed screen. I've had it for three weeks. Abe called a place to see how much it would cost to fix two hundred and fifty bucks. Why in the hell are they making these things out of glass? This is supposedly made out of Gorilla Glass. Please. Anyway, so now I have a case and screen protector on order. And I'm thinking, it's not smashed badly enough. I'll just have to protect it. And hope the price of replacing the screen comes down soon. Fuck's sake. Can we please just put... Usable pockets in women's clothing, please. I've been getting a few emails and comments. Thank you. Shout out to Jules in Vancouver. I'm going to share one with you from a gentleman. And I kind of assumed the gentleman would not be into Jules says. John says, hi, Julie, listened to all your podcasts overnight. As so interesting, I didn't doze off. Well, thank you. I loved your chapter in Kath Bum's audiobook. Thank you for buying the Audacity audiobook. And was pleased to hear on her podcast that you had started your own. Funny, I also waited nine years before marrying and moving in together with my ex wife, 20 years my senior. We were together 23 years and are still best friends. We just spent Christmas Day together. How lovely. I'm so happy for you that you're still friends. Sadly, my parents refused to go to the wedding, and I didn't see them for 18 years until after my divorce. Oh, I'm so sorry about that, John. I can't imagine. I certainly understand why a parent would not want their child with someone 20 years their senior, but if that's what they do... You better get on the train before it pulls out of the station. And thank goodness Abe's mother accepts me in his life. My mom passed two years ago, so I was glad to see her for the last six years. I'm so glad you forgave her for doing that too. That's important. I also work as a software programmer, but at 55 years old, I'm finding the company politics too much bullshit, so have just left my job. Oh my God, I totally hear you on that. That's one of the reasons I loved consulting. The risk with consulting, though, is you have to have the network of people who can connect you with the jobs. That can sometimes be a risk. John also says, I'd love to see more women in IT, and I have found working for women managers far better than men. Thank you, John. I really appreciate hearing from you. I've worked for a lot of male managers and female managers, and I think historically one of the challenges has been that in order for women to get managerial positions, they had to model their behavior after traditional male leadership styles. You shouldn't have to act, quote-unquote, like a man to get hired in a management position. After all, one of the whole points of diversity is to bring different styles and perspectives to the table. Very often women who do, quote-unquote, act like a man are harshly judged. I know I have been in the past told that I was aggressive. And when I responded, well, if I were a man, would you think I was aggressive? Or would you think I was assertive? And the response was, well, I wouldn't think you were aggressive if you were a man, but you're not a man. John really appreciate your perspective and I hope you find a rewarding satisfying job very very soon thank you so much thank you for listening and thank you to everyone who has shared rated commented messaged me or emailed me I really appreciate hearing from you if you have anything you'd like to say or share or ask email me at Jules says At gmail.com and have a very, very happy new year.